Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to Episode 20. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. One of the pillars of the President's management agenda is, I guess it's not a pillar specifically, but it underpins all of the three major pillars, is the customer experience, the way the citizen receives the services that he or she receives from the federal government. So it's a terrific uh, discussion that we have planned today, apropos of that, Robert. That's right. It's uh, been a theme through the president's management agenda, a focus of the president's management team, and something we saw reflected in the reorganization proposals that the president released, again, ratcheting up a focus on customer experience. It's not new, to be fair. The federal government's been focused on this issue, maybe not as long as it should have been, but one of the major pillars of the Obama administration's efforts in the General Services Administration in particular was to ramp up customer experience, and our friend Martha Doris was one of the leaders on that, and so she deserves a shout-out here as we begin this conversation, because she was really, I think, one of the people leading the conversation originally. One of our current guests at from GSA is enthusiastically nodding her head in agreement as I talk about Martha. Anahita Riley, welcome. Thank you for being on Fed Heads. Thank you for having me. And uh, also Emily Ayler of Grant Thornton is here. Thank you very much for joining us today. When you looked at the PMA originally, Emily, and you saw the provisions about customer experience and all of the how it's woven into all of these things, what was your original reaction to that? I was excited. To me, it's a new frame of thinking or more enhanced frame of thinking for the federal government to really look at how the citizens are experiencing the government that's there to serve and looking out for them in a new lens, not just delivering the service, but making them easier to get it to live better lives. So I was really happy. Tell me what it means. So the focus on customer experience in the presence management originally was very strong. And it was ratcheted up in the reorganization proposals that were announced recently. Talk about what it all means, how you're driving an enhanced customer experience for the American citizens. Sure. So at GSA, we are very focused on the customer experience, whether it applies to customer agencies that purchase through us, whether it applies to suppliers and in industry that's trying to do business with government, whether it's the public at large. Uh, and so this focus on customer experience is we look at it as our time to shine on behalf of the public, the taxpayers the folks using government services, customer agencies come to GSA for support and we want to make sure that we are efficiently and effectively providing them services that they can then focus on their missions for their customers. Do you ever find that to be a laugh line when people, I mean, talk about expectations. You you do live in the land of low expectations. People do not expect a high level of performance from the government. Where are you seeing it and what is the reaction? We are focused on changing that. And I see from at GSA, we are very serious about it. Uh, Value is in our mission. It's something that we are very focused on at all levels of the agency. And so when I talk about focusing on customer experience, the, the first question is, well, what is customer experience? There's confusion with customer service. So there's a bit of education around 
transactional level interactions versus end-to-end experience and focusing on process. And that's when people start to click and start to get excited that the government is now focusing on end-to-end process and driving improvement through efficiencies. Emily, I think that's been the major shift from a government perspective, too. When we first started to talk about these things five or ten years ago, it was customer service. And not just the terminology has changed, but the focus, as Anahita just laid out, has changed. What drove that, do you think? In a lot of ways, I think it's comes back to, and this could be my bias with communications, but we social media, you got that instant gratification. You got a sounding platform of this is working, this isn't working. When I worked with the Army with the transformation after the Walter Reed scandal, they were trying to figure out how to fix it, and all of the answers were there online from their customers who were saying, if you go here at this time, this person's really helpful, and if they connected this to this organization over here. So their customers laid it out for them online. I don't know that that's truly the real reason, but I think it was a big impetus for being able to see it come together. Well, it certainly makes sense from an expectations perspective, because it's one thing to think we think this is what they expect, but when they're actually telling you and you have a way to collect all that information and put the puzzle pieces together like you've never had before, I imagine it really clarified, in that case in particular, it really clarified things for the Army. And it takes the guesswork out of it. I Mm -hmm. think a lot of times you have the same people working on the same projects over and over and you just start to believe your own assumptions and there was this litmus test right in front of you saying, no, you need to rethink things. Federal employees get the brunt of criticism when the customer, the American people aren't happy with the services they're getting from the government. Can it also be that federal employees have a better experience coming to work every day if they improve the customer experience? For instance, you and I talked about uh, Sonny Perdue, Mm -hmm. former governor of Georgia, driving customer experience at the Department of Agriculture hammers this point home. We are absolutely hammering that point home, too, at GSA. We found that there's a very clear connection between employee experience and customer experience. And to the extent that we can improve the employee experience and show them that they matter and what they do and how it's connected to their customers matters, we then see our customers are happier, too. But we can't have happy customers without having happy employees. Uh, And so it's it's all connected. It's all, I think, process-driven. And it's it's just good business sense. Is there a chicken or egg which... Which comes first? Does it matter or does one just engender the other just for some That's reason That's a great that question. I, d- I don't know. I think it is a bit of a chicken and an egg. I think you need to pick one place to start mm-hmm. and start there. And we've seen at GSA, we had a first efforts were on customer, uh, external customer. We wanted to prove a concept. We wanted to test and we wanted to have some visible quick wins to gain exp- uh, momentum behind it. And then we started to focus on the employee. So we tackled the onboarding experience for employees. And anytime you've got an experience that crosses multiple agencies or divisions and you've silos, you want to bring them together, I think that's a ripe opportunity for customer experience, internal or external. And you're really trying to transform a culture of an organization into one that's focused on continuous improvement using the customer experience as sort of a, a guide. Exactly. It's we, And when we say culture, we're very quick to say it's not that we come from a culture in the government of employees don't care. So where the American public might blame employees for this poor experience, it's not that the employees 
don't care. They come to become, they are civil servants because they care a lot. It's that there's usually some sort of process limitation or blockage in their way that we then across these silos look to identify through customer feedback, as Emily mentioned, and focus and prioritize those blockages to improve that experience. It's an interesting observation because when I talk to people in the media outside Washington or outside the government media, the question I get the most is about the Department of Veterans Affairs Mm -hmm. in that way. And people say, I've heard like a third of the people that work there are veterans. You would think that they would want to do a better job to serve their peers. Yeah, duh. And it's, but people don't take it to that next um, level of thought that you just took Mm -hmm. it to that there, it's not just because they don't feel like it, that they're mitigating circumstances there. And it's been interesting. I've been working with the Veterans Affairs for both their benefits side and their health side. And what we often found is it's not necessarily the the employees that you would think have the challenge of understanding that the customer comes first. It's actually legislative barriers mm-hmm. or the, the books haven't gotten cleaned up to current processes. When I was working with the disability claims, there were requirements in place that would take, if you followed them all by letter of the law, over one year to go end to end because it didn't take into account email. It didn't take out into text. You had to do postal service with signed confirmations and things that just weren't modern. And so it was also working not only the solutions, but cleaning up the books that tell you what to do and how to do it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Anahita, we're, it sounds like we're at a point where people understand the value of customer experience across government. There are some success stories where changes are starting to happen. Robert referenced uh, people like Secretary Perdue, who is saying at the very top of an organization, this is important. We're doing this from now on. What's the sustainability piece look like, though? Now that we've got forward momentum, how does that momentum continue to grow, continue to scale, and how do we not backslide to lose all of the gains that have been made. Yeah, the, we're focused on that a lot at GSA. We're about four years into our office and two years informally, two years formal officially. And we found that by having a nucleus in the organization that reports to the head of the agency and then we're reporting outwards on our customer experience, the health of our customer experience program, we're holding ourselves accountable to it and not letting it go away. We're not uh, decentralizing it, although we do have customer experience offices throughout the organization. It's important for customer engagement to be local. We do have this central reporting channel that then reports up through the Office of Management and Budget and, and applies that, I think, external accountability as well. And by doing that public reporting, I think we allow our, ourselves to not let it become a trend that get, erodes over time. Mm-hmm. What becomes the important marker or mar- what become the important markers in that sustainability effort mm-hmm. to make sure that you're measuring the right things to make sure that that progress continues? In terms of metrics, we've experimented with a few, but we look at general overall satisfaction. We look at trust or confidence in an organization, um, and we, we pick a year or start a year, and we baseline, and then we continue to measure that over time. We, at being a new organization similar to a startup, we are continuously evaluating, are these the right metrics to track? Some of them that we started tra- tracking early on no longer make sense. But we found that overall satisfaction and confidence or trust continue to be relevant and things that we we look at as a measure of health. Give us some examples of really dramatic turnarounds. Where has the customer experience most improved? 
where to start. Yeah. Um, <laughs> internally, I will That's start with thing. our employee side. Uh, through the onboarding experience, when I came to the agency, not uh, attributing this all to me, but when I started at the agency. But just we, coincidentally. Just yeah, coincidentally. Yeah, it we, happened to have worked that way. We had, Don't I think, the onboard Anna, off. <laughs> provisioning for new employees. It took about anywhere from three days to two weeks to obtain all of your new hire equipment, your computer, your email, everything. Now we're at a point where you start on day one, you've got everything you need to operate. So from that employee experience, we've seen a drastic shift that our employees are treated as customers that matter. Externally, we look at, um, we now have a, <coughs> excuse me, a voice of the customer program that is embedded throughout the organization. So we not only collect feedback on a regular basis, transactionally, we don't just do those big annual surveys. We, we once you pick up a car from our fleet, you see, you get a survey afterwards, how was your experience? Much like you would any kind of transportation service. Um, and then we use that data and we circle it back through our program. So it goes to our program product managers. They see what's good, what's bad, what's working, what's not, and then they act on it. So we've seen with some of our websites, um, if feedback scores are coming in low, people are on it. They're looking at it. They're, they're addressing those issues and identifying ways to enhance their products. So it's really changed in the culture of how we operate. Emily, what about you? Where have you seen it? Um, I saw it a lot with the Army, just changing how they listened to the customers, put the programs in place, made them more available at, at different hours of the day. So it used to be kind of that 9 to 5 model, and now they have customer service online all the time and responsive. Um, other organizations, you have the text person or online, like you can instantly ask someone from the government a question, which I think is fantastic. It's more about that real-time initiative. And coming back to the VA, I think just even having, they have a customer journey map now that is anchored throughout the entire organization, top to bottom. I'll walk through the offices, and people have them all in their cubes. So it helps you make those decisions in every little thing along the way and not just when you finish the product you look back and go did we think about the customer it's in folks peripheral vision all the time almost out of time um, so the last thing I want to cover is what Emily is kind of the missed opportunity that you see in any of the agencies that you work with you don't have to name the specific agencies even but just are there areas where uh, agencies are missing out on opportunities that could make a difference in the way that the customer works with them or the customer experience? From my perspective, it's about letting go what isn't serving anyone. Mm. So often it's it becomes this Frankenstein thing. We need to bolt on to fix this, and then we bolt on because that wasn't quite the right fix, <laughs> and then you have this really weird hodgepodge solution. It's just it takes a step back and say, we don't really need any of this right now because they want something completely different and it's okay to start clean and new because it'll probably work better for everyone internally with the employees and externally with the customers. Anahita? I would agree with that 100%. I would say uh, learning to, some folks say fail fast. Martha likes to say learn fast. Um, but again, letting go, uh, taking into account sunk, sunk costs taking into account return on investment and really applying those those business financial metrics as you would in private sector into government and learning from that and taking that, that data-based approach. Uh, thank you both very much for coming and talking about this. It's, as we talked about at the beginning, it's a tremendously important part of the president's management agenda, and I'm not sure everybody across government understands it and how, it, how important it is to the PMA. 
um, to the extent that they should. So it's great to have your insight, both of you. Thanks very much. Really great to see you both. Thanks for spending time with us. Thank you. Thanks. Robert, thanks as always uh, for having me on FedHeads with you. It's great to be with you. It's wonderful to be with you, Francis. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the FedHeads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.